Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. Hello and welcome to the Personal Investor Podcast. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, what are the various paths that markets could take next year and what would each mean for investors? We'll attempt this week to put some numbers on the chances of each scenario actually happening, but just don't call it a prediction. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. No one really knows where markets are headed next. Anyone that did would be very rich indeed. But that won't stop all and sundry making their predictions for where markets are going as we reach the end of another year and start a new one, of course. Here at Fidelity, we're wary of making firm predictions that could soon be made to look foolish. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some things we do know about the future, even if we can't say exactly how they will play out. So to discuss a few of the possible paths that markets and economies could take in 2024. I'm joined by seasoned market watcher Tom Stevenson, investment director here at Fidelity, of course. Um, Tom, welcome along. Now, before we get to 2024, which is our main focus today, let's start with where we are right now as we enter the final month of 2023. I suspect the mood today is very different than had we recorded this conversation a month ago. Yeah, absolutely, Ed. Um, we've had a, a, a bumper November in the markets, um, which has really turned things around because, um, you know, we've talked uh, over the summer about this correction in markets that we had really between July and, and October. And it kind of looked like the rally that we started um, just over a year ago in October mm -hmm. 2022. It kind of run out of steam and um, we were wondering where it was going to go next. And then suddenly um, November uh, turned very positive um, right across the board. It was it was very good news for um, for shares, um, uh, but also um, bonds had a had a very strong month. Um, gold had a very strong month. So really, more or less, wherever you were invested in the markets, November was very strong, and it was on the back of um, you know hopes that. Uh, as ever, I mean, it's been the same story um, for the last couple of years, mm. as ever, when hopes are raised that interest rates are going to come down faster and sooner than people expected the markets take off. And that's exactly what happened in November. Yeah. And, you know, these sorts of things are, uh, have some value, but only so much. But look at something like the S&P 500. I think it's on the verge of bull market territory once again, right? It's it's it's. Yeah, so well, I mean, it's 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 actually very close to its all-time peak. So yes. um, essentially, if you go back two years, the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, uh, the S&P 500 was at about 4,800. Now we know that last year was very poor for markets generally, but in particular, it was very poor for the U.S. market. And um, from memory, the market bottomed out at about 3,400. We're now back at 4,600. So we're in a whisker uh, of, um, of that, that all-time all -time peak. So 2023 has actually turned out to be, um, it's been a bit volatile, mm -hmm. but overall it's been a pretty good year. Um, but not for all assets, right? I mean, we're, we're going to come on to talk about this and the outlook for next mm -hmm. year. But it, this, this year has been, it won't have felt like a bumper year, will it? 
depending on where you're invested, no, it won't. Because, um, as I say, November was very strong, really, across the board. Um, but actually, that's just made a rather bad year slightly less bad for mm -hmm. fixed income investors, for example. So bonds are still bonds are still underwater. And the reason uh, for that is that, you know, inflation has been more persistent than we hoped it would be. Interest rates went further and stayed higher and were expected to stay higher um, for longer. And of course, that is bad news for bonds. So bonds, I think, overall for the year to date, are down about 5%, whereas certain stock markets, the US in particular, the S&P 500 is up about 20% year to date. Yeah, indeed. Well, as I said, our main focus is not what's happened, but what is going to happen. Now, um, there has been work, hasn't there, within Fidelity looking at markets next year. But the first thing to say, I suppose, is that these aren't firm predictions in any way, are they? No. So this is a bit of a departure from the normal um, um, process at this time of year, because, you know, uh, uh, as you know, um, and, 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 you know, we engage in this, you know, you, you, at the November, December time, investors start looking forward to the year ahead and everyone makes predictions about where they think markets uh, are going to be and which assets are going to do well, which funds are going to do well, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And, you know, if we're honest, you know, <laughs> there's an element of guesswork in this because no one has the benefit yes. of, a, of a crystal ball so what we've what we've done at fidelity uh, this year is, is adopt a slightly different approach which is to say that what an investor actually does um, all the time is that they they analyze scenarios they look at possible outcomes and they attach probabilities to those outcomes and then they position themselves according to those those the, the likelihood of those outcomes um, um, happening. Um, and so that's what that's that's the bit of work. You know, it sounds easy when you say it like that, but actually <laughs> that's an enormous bit of work to say, you know, what do we think? What are the likely scenarios over the next 12 months? And how likely do we think each of those are? Yeah, indeed. And this really is to do with the moving parts of markets and economies, inflation, interest rates, growth, right? They're, that's what yeah, we're looking at. Yeah, because the, essentially the big question facing investors at the moment is, are we heading towards a recession or are we not heading towards a recession? Mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, that is, if you like, that's the exam question that we've tried to answer here. Yeah. You know, uh, how likely is a recession? How deep will that recession be? Or indeed, can we avoid a recession altogether? Well, indeed. Well, let's get into some of these scenarios, Tom. And we'll start with because we're nice and sunny on the podcast, as always, the most optimistic scenario uh, that might play out. What does that entail? What would happen in that scenario? Uh, and what chance do we think it has of actually happening? Yeah. So I would say that the most, the, the, the most optimistic, the sunniest scenario here is, is what's called the soft landing. So mm. this, is, this, this describes a situation uh, whereby central banks do just enough to get on top of inflation, to um, to prevent inflation spiraling out of control, it comes back down towards target, and they manage to do that by squeezing the economy just enough that they don't break anything. They don't essentially push the economy unnecessarily into a recession. That is that is a soft landing, and I, I think so. Inflation under control and no recession. Yeah. That is that, mm -hmm. is that is how we would define um, a, a soft landing. And that is the holy grail uh, for, for investors. And it's also uh, quite a rare occurrence because right. it's very difficult for central banks to calibrate their monetary policy 
in precisely that way because, like everyone else, they don't have the benefit of foresight. And, they, and, and also there's a lag between the measures that they take raising interest rates mm-hmm. um, uh, and the impact of those higher interest rates on, on the economy. And so in real time, they can't really see what's going on and they only, they only see what's happened when it's too late to do anything about it. That's why it's difficult for central banks to really control the economy uh, in this way. So if they do manage to get a, uh, a soft landing, then there's a fair dollop of good luck involved um, as well. However, that is what um, that's what the market is really pricing itself for at the moment. It's actually not our base case. We we attach um, uh, just about a twenty percent chance of that of that happening. So it's a sort of so more gloomy than the wider market. Yes, uh, we are slightly more gloomy than that than the wider market. We think that the market is pricing in this Goldilocks scenario. Um, and the reality and, and the historical record suggests that we'll be quite lucky to get that. Yeah, and I was going to say that that sort of, again, finger in the air stuff a little bit in terms of putting a percentage chance against it, but it's based on what has happened previously when we've had these kinds of economic conditions. And as you say, it would be uh, a bit of a coup if they managed to to nail that, that soft landing. Mm. But is it not fair to say that through this year, there have been expectations of deeper recession that has not come? Come through, and meanwhile, inflation more or less has come under control. It's been there's been moments I, I remember May or June suddenly expectations went up a bit of where inflation would would reach, but through the autumn, it's come back down. We now think central banks have paused their rate their rate rises, so if the inflation side of that equation is also looking more positive. So the market is being quite sort of a optimistic but there's been some justification this year well absolutely i mean it's it's not a completely implausible scenario Mm. um given what we've seen um so far this year um the economy has been stronger than people expected inflation has come down a bit faster a bit more than 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 people expected Mm -hmm. so it's it's not an unreasonable um assumption and that's why we put a 20 percent yeah uh, probability on it you know we're saying that this is not you know this is not completely impossible we may get there and and just just on this point we we often say the market thinks this the market thinks that really what that is that's that's reading market valuations of say stock markets of bond prices of interest rate expectations right yes and 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 yes that's absolutely right because um you know a soft landing uh, outcome would be good for, for for equities because it would suggest that um, uh, the, the growth is there, mm-hmm. that um, the, the the company earnings are going to be uh, growing against a uh, a favourable uh, backdrop. Um, uh, but at the same time, central banks are going to be in a position where they can start. Um, uh, reversing their monetary tightening, they can start lowering uh, interest rates, which of course is a positive for for companies as well. It reduces their their cost of borrowing, it increases demand in the economy. Um, so that's why we say that it's a Goldilocks scenario. Yeah, um, and, and in fact, I mean, in that scenario, as you know, notwithstanding the fact that it's probably uh, not likely to happen, but not impossible, um, in that scenario, there's sort of something for everybody in that. Yeah. Bond investors get something because rates are coming down. Um, 
lower quality fixed income in terms of you know some corporate bonds there'll be no recession so you'd think things like defaults and and you know market businesses folding mm-hmm. will be lower mm-hmm. equities will enjoy the extra growth plus parts of the stock market will like um interest rates being lower as well that would be a that would be a very um sort of beneficial Environment yeah, very, very broadly so. Yeah, I mean, the, mm. you know, the, what's not to like about that that yeah. scenario? And and so you can see why the sort of you know perennially optimistic um, uh, equity investors, uh, investors in shares, why they would like that scenario. Yes. Is it, well, okay, so that is the positive um, scenario. Let's turn to the negative one, uh, which of course not a soft landing, but a hard landing. That means a recession, a, a deep recession, I think. And there would be a couple of different ways in which that could happen, isn't there? Yes, I mean, there are, yes, there, there are. And, and sort of one sort of happens sooner than the other, if you like. So, I mean, so so the, the two least likely scenarios, we think, are the extremes. And they are, on the one hand, um, the, the hard landing, so a much deeper recession uh, than um, than maybe we, we think is, is likely, and one which would really um, um, clamp down on demand in the economy, um, and it would force um, action from um, the central banks. They would probably have to bring interest rates down very quickly. Mm-hmm. Unemployment would rise. Um, uh, you know, companies would go uh, would go bust in, in 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 much larger numbers. So those default rates that you mentioned would would rise. Um, so it would be bad for 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 corporate bonds. It would be bad really across across the yes. board. Earnings would earnings expectations would would not be met. Um, so that we actually think that that's quite unlikely. We would we would put just a ten percent chance. Uh, on okay, that. good. But at the other end of the um, spectrum, there's another. There's some. There's there's a scenario which sounds quite good, um, which is what we call no landing. So this okay. is that things just keep on going, and you know the recovery that w- that we talked about just now about you know stronger, a stronger recovery um, uh, than than expected just just keeps happening, um, and in that in in that scenario. Um, probably it's quite difficult to get inflation down. So this, so these falls yes. in inflation that we've seen actually probably reverse. Inflation picks up again, and this is why it's this is why it's not as good as it seems at first blush, because in that environment, um, uh, central banks would have to raise interest rates again, and therefore, and that would probably lead us to that hard landing scenario. But it's delayed in a way, so you end up in the same place which is with a hard landing, but you get there through slightly slightly different routes. And the indicator for that is probably inflation, isn't it? Because inflation at the moment is falling, and the optimists will say, OK, it's going to fall nicely towards the target, and then it'll settle about there. Um, in the hard landing scenario, it presumably could go much lower than that because growth would be much lower, yep. a lot of demand would leave the economy at that point, mm. uh, or it might stick higher yep. than target yep. and that's the sort of no landing scenario mm. because uh, suddenly what a central bank's going to do they're going to have to keep rates higher for longer everyone's going to feel poorer over the long term mm. so so neither of those scenarios is particularly good for um, uh, equities um, for shares now uh, in practice, um, th- there are winners in those situations, and probably the bond market does well in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, well, 
it, it does well when, when interest rates come down. So there would be a lag with the no landing scenario, but with a hard landing scenario, then that would actually be good for um, government bonds because interest rates would, would fall yeah. um, and, and, and interest rates and bond yields move in the opposite direction to prices. So that would be good news um, for bonds. But it would it would there would be a lot of volatility probably. And I think, so I don't think anyone would really hope for either of those um, scenarios. And both of them, as I say, we think are quite unlikely. We'd put 10% um, probability on both of those. We've got up to 40% so far. Okay, well, yes, I was going to say, if anyone's been paying attention to your percentages here, Tom, um, they will have worked out that uh, given all of that, of, the, of what you say there, there must be an alternative to all those scenarios, which is in fact what, we think is the most likely to happen. So what is that? Yeah. So this is the remaining 60%. The, um, and uh, so where we, where we are, uh, where we think that the most likely outcome is that actually we get a mild recession. So what we think is that, um, you know, it, it, we're unlikely to get this soft landing, this, this, um, this, this Goldilocks scenario of doing just squeezing just enough so yeah. not too hot not too cold um in reality probably uh central banks will have raised interest rates a bit too far and they've left them there a bit too long and uh the knock-on effect is uh actually what we're beginning to see which is a slowdown in activity people being a bit cautious about their spending mm-hmm. um uh you know suffering from from higher inflation cost of living all of those things start to bite uh, and we do actually get a bit of a downturn in the economy. It doesn't have to be a particularly deep recession. It yes. can be quite mild. Um, and and in that scenario, it, there's a there is a silver lining to that scenario, which is, you know, as with the soft landing scenario, it enables central banks to start easing back on their monetary uh, tightening. We get slightly lower um, interest rates. Uh, because it's only a shallow recession, the, the markets are able to look through to the recovery uh, coming coming through. So it's actually not a bad scenario, but it does require a slightly different approach from the soft landing approach, which is I think it requires investors to be a bit more defensive in in the sectors that they that they invest in, for example, because some sectors I'm thinking of things like, you know, consumer staples, sort of household goods, um, pharmaceuticals, um, utilities. They tend to be a bit more resilient to downturns yeah. in the defensives. In, in defensives, yeah, yeah, rather than cyclical stocks, which 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 require an uptick in in the in the economy. And and lots of people will they're going to get hung up on 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 whether we're in a technical recession aren't they that's two consecutive quarters of negative growth and you could look at the uk economy us global economy whatever um but actually i wonder how much that really matters but you know if you have you know zero growth over the next year say and okay you might be in recession for part of that you might be slightly you know growing for part of that it's not really going to matter the point is that there just isn't very much growth around it feels recessionary doesn't it the business conditions become recessionary sort of people aren't willing to invest that's what we mean by a sort of miles Recession. Yes, it's not so much whether, you know, technically whether growth has turned negative for, for, for two quarters. That doesn't really matter. Mm. It's 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 really just how does it feel? How do people feel? Um, and what does it enable the central banks to do? So, uh, you know, so and that is dependent on inflation. And I think if we do get a mild uh, recession, then that will probably encourage this 
normalization of inflation back towards back towards target. So I don't think a mild recession would be a bad outcome at all. I mean, you know, that is the nature of economies. They go yeah. up and down. They're cyclical. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, it's not a disaster that we get a slight slowdown. Uh, and so I think for investors, it might be investors who are well positioned in a slightly more defensive way, it's not a bad outcome at all. Yeah, I was going to just finally turn to how investors handle all this. I mean, the the this, the easy thing, I suppose, for us to say is that you need to be diversified, of course. And that's true because in across all the, the possible scenarios we've spoken about, different things will, will perform better in one versus another. But you, you don't know very much. And actually, if you pay attention to the forecasts that are being made, there's quite a big variation of, of, of what the so-called experts are saying here, right? Mm. I mean, some are saying it's going to be a terrible year. Some say, you know, we, the, the S&P is going to halve next year. All sorts of different um, outlooks are going on. Mm. You just have to be... You cover your bases right i mean it's the old you do have to cover your bases because the reality is that we just don't know mm -hmm. um but i think the beauty of this scenario analysis is you can say well you know if you if you put together the soft landing which the market is kind of pricing in and our central base yeah, case yeah. of the mild recession that's kind of 80 percent possibility and neither of those options are particularly bad for mm -hmm. stock market investors um, and they're also not particularly bad for bond market investors so it does suggest that a balanced portfolio but probably you know with with a slightly bigger weighting towards equities than than bonds actually does does make sense in that in, environment so i think it's quite an encouraging outlook um, but it's one that's backed up by probabilities which mm -hmm. you know is it's is really how most investors approach their their craft is thinking about these probabilities okay well tom look that is all the time for now i have a feeling we will revisit i'm sure before the year is out some extra uh, sort of you know forward thinking towards 2024 on various topics but for now and on this that's all the time we have thank you thanks ed Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.